Welcome to the Verbosity Podcast where we discover Jesus in our everyday lives. Join us on our journey as we share our stories and lives with you. And on to this week's episode. So here we are on our podcast, Verbosity, and this is Randy speaking. And uh, Keith, why don't you say a quick hello? Hey, this is Keith. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hey, all It's Renee. Hey, everyone. It's Ashley. So here we are. We're continuing to working uh, to be working on a, a podcast that we want to do. We're right now working on the basis of communicating to our wonderful group of people at South E3. And uh, we're going to have some fun uh, today. I um, have suggested that we work on personality inventories. And the reason for that is to give you a chance to know who we are in terms of um, our personalities. And, and Psalm 139, um, the psalmist begins by saying, oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You and I sit and when I stand, you know my thoughts, even from afar. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know uh, what I am going to say even before I say it, Lord. And then later in the psalm, um, he says, uh, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was formed in my uh, utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And so the psalmist here recognizes how unique his personality is, that the one who knows him best is the one who created him, who put him together. And I think a lot of us think of the womb, and we think of uh, a baby that's created, and we think of the physical part of it. But there's also the personality part. Now, we know that our upbringings and all those kinds of things influence who we are, but we are all created with unique personalities. And so we're using kind of a Myers-Briggs model. I'm sure many of you have done it before. And it's based on a website called 16 Personalities. That's one six personalities. Uh, you can go there. The test is really easy to take and uh, they're fairly short. And so I've had each of us do that test. And what I'm gonna start with is just by asking each person, um, what, what, what that was like, what, what was it like doing this test for you? And, and dare I say that even a person's personality is going to influence how they perceive this test. So Keith, why don't we start with you? How did, how did you see, what was it like to take this short test? Sure. Actually, I, I found it quite interesting because as like they position questions so that at first I feel like they're trying to make sure that you don't kind of try to guess what your personality is so they were like like some of these tests sometimes they'll put all the things like oh hey are you at a party do you go look for somebody and the next question would be like are you good at talking with new people like it's always like reading but they kind of spaced it out a bit so I was like oh you know I would answer it I, I couldn't remember what I would answer previously to a similar question um but I was glad also that the um the test also at the end shows kind of like the percentages because I think sometimes when especially like with being extroverted or introverted, you know, it's not always necessarily like a black and white thing. And so sometimes I think we might gravitate too much on like, oh, like it's so defined, like you're extroverted. That means that like you love seeing everybody. You can't stand being, you know, alone, solitude. But if you're introverted, it might mean that like you cannot stand being with anybody. You always need to be a homebody. So I like yeah. that like percentage thing that 
Right. So I was like, oh, it's like, could it you help? Yeah, there. Yeah. Good. Good. Ren, what you? What was it like for you to take this test? Um, I think it was. I think it was similar to Keith. I found that I was going through it, and I would answer certain questions one way, and I'd find myself answering questions. I think poking at the same vein, um, but very differently. And then in my mind, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm doing this right the whole time. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they're going to get a conclusive answer because sometimes I do like to talk to people. And, but sometimes at parties, I don't go up to new people to talk to them. So it's kind of like, I was questioning the answers, what would come out of it while I was taking it. But I think over the years, I've gotten very similar results. So that kind of verifies that it has something in the background, like filtering through people like me, I guess. Okay, okay. Ash, what was it like for you? It was, um, it was hard because along the same lines as Ren, like it's, I don't know, it's the statement, they seem very like black and white, even though you can answer on a spectrum. And so, yeah, they would be like, oh, you, re it, you find it easy to make new friends. And I'm like, uh, like maybe it, it kind of depends. Like if I'm talking to someone and they're not talking back, it's, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit harder than, than if we're having a nice conversation, you know, or like sometimes it's, right. if, um, I don't mind going up and, and meeting new people, but I generally don't just insert myself into the middle of a group conversation. <laughs> so, right. so I find, I found, I think it's the, maybe the way that the statements were worded were, were difficult. Um, but I did appreciate that it wasn't quite as long as a full Myers-Briggs mm. test. <laughs> yes. I totally agree with you. And what I have found is that it really, pr it produced the same results. Like what I've done Myers-Briggs a few times before, and I've always, uh, for quick purposes, used uh, 16 personality types, especially when I do um, couples counseling or in a group, sometimes I'll use it to see how the group's gonna work together. And I like 16 personalities for that reason is it just does not take forever to do it and yet produces some, some good results. And, and the main thing to understand in any type of test like this is that the ultimate judge of it is you. Yeah. It's yeah. not someone else to determine whether it's right or wrong. Um, you are the one to determine what is right and what maybe you tweak a little bit. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the personalities and then we're gonna get, get into specifics. So um, again, um, it's interesting that three of us are extroverts and uh, Ren, you're the only introvert. Some extrovert. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm gonna start with Ren. She is an INTJ <laughs> and this is just a short, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read it and then get some of her feedback. <clears throat> it says she is innovative, independent, strategic, logical, reserved, insightful, driven by your own original ideas to achieve improvements so is that you i find that it was really interesting when i took the test because i got intj when i was like in university and then i got this really stable job working in like oil and gas for four years kind of just doing the same thing over and over every day and during that time i was actually intp when i whenever i did this test 
I only know because we have this uh, group chat amongst friends where we tend to come back to this test once a year and tell each other what our personalities are and discuss it as if it's the first time. So I can search through and see what I was in the past. So while I was at that job that was like stable, the same every day, I was INTP, but then I started a new job this year during COVID and I felt like it, it was like a very steep learning curve, similar to like what I was striving for in university. And I found that my personality test came back INTJ. So I think it's very interesting that it's kind of changing with what my mindset is during this time of life. Um, well, I, I do think I'm either an INTJ or an INTP, but in this stage of life, I think the J part is forcing me to be more like organized with what I want to do with my time and okay. like be more focused and try and like learn more at this time. So I think it is reflective of me today. Yeah, well, and, and even your comments um, when you took the test, um, you're, you were logical and uh, strategic and, and thinking like, are these, you know, try, you are overthinking a little bit about the questions, right? And that's part of who, what your personality is. Let's, let's move on to Ash. She's a ESFP. Um, and Ash, you can tell us if this is you. Playful, enthusiastic, friendly, spontaneous, tactful, flexible, have strong common sense, enjoy helping people in tangible ways. Yeah, I would say like, I, I struggle with very abstract things. <laughs> and I like, I like getting hands on as much as like, things can be really scary. And if something like, like, let's say I, I ask someone to do something and it takes too long. I'm also very impatient. So, so I, I'm the same for myself. So like, if I'm like, okay, so we went on a holiday and I was going to jump off this cliff um, into, into the water. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I walked up to it a couple times and I was like, I looked down and I was like, I can't, I can't. That's like a, I think it was like a 50 foot fall or something like that. It was like a full four second, four second free fall. It's like, I can't, I can't. And then by the end, I was just like, dang it, Ashley, just do it. Like, come on. <laughs> like you, you're this far, you're never going to do it again. Just do it. So I get impatient with myself as well. So then mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do it kind of plays out in my personality, but I'm like, okay, I just, I just gotta go. I just gotta go for it. And then I eventually did yeah. it, but yes, that would be me in a nutshell, I would say. Yeah, well, you know, because it says you have strong common sense. And so as you're standing on this cliff, you're kind of going, this just doesn't make any sense at all to just jump and, you know, whatever happens, happens. But it so looked I like so that. much fun. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and that's the playful part of you. Right. So you're playful, but then there's all of a sudden the common sense kicks in and goes, wait a minute. Yeah, that just doesn't That's make a bad sense. Idea. OK, yeah. Let's move on to Keith. Keith, yes. Sure. Outgoing, realistic, action oriented, curious, versatile, spontaneous, uh, pragmatic problem solvers and a skillful negotiator. Ooh. Is that you? Yeah, uh, maybe not the negotiating part. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like part of there, I, I may, uh, yeah, I may need a bit of work, but definitely I feel, I feel, um, yeah, like back to Ren's point is I have actually quite changed a bit with the E and the S, which I was very surprised about. Um, I remember taking this test probably a couple of years ago and I remember being 
uh, a soft I, and now oh. the test I was a soft E. And it's always that that I always focus on that one because I kind of don't really know if I'm extroverted introverted. It really like I I like to think myself of like a I like to call myself like a closet extrovert. It's like I like to be around people, but it's not with a lot of people. It's like with, with a certain group of people and like with very limited like number of people. But I can right. see those people like 14 days in a row and that would make me like, I don't want to like happy or whatever, right? Um, yeah. And so like, do I, do, would I like to be in a crowd of like 17,000 people? Probably not. Right. But, um, but yeah, but apart from that, I feel, uh, I feel the S and N has changed quite a bit. And mainly, mainly I feel when I was younger, I would like abstract ideas. Um, yeah. now, actually, I, I think it's testament to my work. I feel like the more and more I've worked at my job, the less and less I care about abstract ideas and the more I care about getting work done, which has okay. kind of shifted my brain to being more practical. So, okay. Um, Renee, what do you think about that? <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you think about Keith's uh -oh. I just want to personality that in yeah. 16, he was like an INTJ, similar to me. But I want to say that he's been in what some would call a long-term relationship with an ESTP. Yes. Um, for this these four years, right? He's been in this really close friendship with our friend Dan, who is every embodied embodiment of an ESTP. And now four years later, here he is <laughs> as an ESTP. So I think it signifies what happens when someone's in a long-term relationship. Relationship, <laughs> right. I also yeah. um, want to interesting on his negotiation skills. Um, a oh no. We had a competition to see in the Philippines to see who could buy the cheapest floating device to go like swimming in the amongst our friends um, in the market. So it's like an open market. There's a lot of things for sale. And we all went to find, to see who could negotiate for the cheapest floaty device. We all come back and Keith not only paid regular price, the kid who sold it to him also sold him the air used to blow up the floaty device. You're kidding. So in wow. my defense, let, let me defend myself on that one. It was raining. And so my, my number one thought was, I, I hate, I can't stand rain. So I'm like in my swim trunks, obviously topless. I'm my swim trunks topless and it's raining and I'm hating it. And this six-year-old kid sees the opportunity of just ripping me off. So he, he gets me to buy the, the floaty, which ended up, might I say, Red, was the most sturdy one but that wasn't the contest. And then he turns around and says, looks like you can't pump it. Let me give you some air. And it was like, whatever, 10 pesos. And I was like, at this point, you've ripped me off already. What is the difference? And I just let it pump it for 10 more dollars. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kid. So not much negotiator really. It's yeah, like, need a little bit of help. That's just, I'll pay that's just <laughs> straight up false about key. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, you know, that's interesting, right? I mean, Something that you said, Ren, that I think really comes into play is are our personalities um, from time to time influenced by close relationships? Yeah, like the, the purists who do personality inventories say no, and they, they certainly shouldn't be, you are who you are. Mm. But I think over time, 
we are influenced by our relationships and they do affect the way we think and the way we feel and the way we do things. Uh, maybe not to a great extent, but but sometimes in, in slight ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, and yeah, I times, do agree. You know. Yeah, I do agree with that because I, I think I think a lot of times when you are with, you know, when you have strong friendships and potentially like strong partnerships and relationships and even marriage, right? You see a lot of things in your partner and your friends that you say, hey, that seems nice. Like that's a that's a great thing I wish, you know, I could work on. And one testament is Dan, honestly. Like I was like, that guy has like, he's great at sweet talking anybody from like a five-year-old kid to like a 96-year-old grandma he's got that spectrum covered and I was like it's not that I was jealous but I was like you know that might be something wouldn't mind working on and lo and behold I'm now slightly extroverted now but I think the, and he's yeah. slightly introverted <laughs> but I think the other thing though is is that like maybe at your core like if you were still alone you may not mm. make some of those choices because of who your core personality is yeah 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 but when you're with other people, you're more willing to try out new things or do other yep. things because you've got a good, strong relationship with those people. And you're like, okay, I wouldn't do this on my own, but since I'm with you, I'll give that up a little bit, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, I want to take it another step further that what I have found after many years of being married is when you're, when you're really connected closely to someone, like really closely, then those lines become stronger. Mm. So you, you kind of went from who you are and now you're influenced by a group of people. You're willing to try new things. And then when you're in a tight relationship where you see each other on an everyday basis for years and years, you kind of go back to where you originally were and you kind of say, this is the way I am. And so does the other person. And and then, then you begin a whole new realm of, of um, conflict resolution. <laughs> I, I, I say that in a positive way because um, I, I, I think that there's just differences between people and you can try things and have fun with things. But, you know, it's like they say uh, opposites attract, but eventually opposites right. attack. Right. And, and I think that's that's very true. Uh, just just quickly reading mine. ENFJ, caring, enthusiastic, idealistic, organized, diplomatic, responsible, skilled communicators uh, who value connection with people. Um, I, I'd say for the most part, it's very true. Something I connected with Keith a little bit about yesterday is that um, I would say 20 to 30 years ago when I did originally did tests like this, I was very extreme on my letters. Mm. As I have aged, I am less extreme. Before I used to be quite an extrovert. Now I'm very much closer to enjoying my time and being alone. Um, you know, before I was maybe a very strong feeler, whereas now that I'm not not quite so much kind of thing. It's it's closer to the thinking part. So I, I think that comes over time. Let me let me share something with you. I think it's kind of cute. And this this uh, again, you can find all kinds of things on the web about this. And this tells you, according to your personality type, what the perfect vehicle is for you. Okay, oh, so find it quite interesting. Let's let's start with Keith. And okay. Keith, it says you're the entrepreneur. You're smart. You're confident. What better car to showcase your confidence than an edgy and bold Porsche Boxster? Oh, so uh, your ride will let you show off, and that's something that you like to do. 
<laughs> oh boy, that stresses me out so much. <laughs> why does why does it stress you out, Keith? Why is that stressful? <laughs> because the idea of having a Porsche entails a couple of things. Um, one, it's extremely expensive, which I will always have in the back of my mind if it's safe. And then also knowing that chances are I can't do anything about it if someone steals it or someone breaks it, for some reason that is going to throw me in like a somewhat deep spiral of just like, <laughs> oh boy. So I'd rather not put myself in there. <laughs> Second, um, I, I like to be someone who's a bit more conservative in terms of like, not necessarily materialism, but just like my life. So having that type of car, I feel like I'm going to self-judge myself quite a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, the interesting thing is, is that it's a Porsche Boxster, not the oh. 911. So what does that mean? So it means it's definitely the more affordable Porsche. For oh, most nice. People. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's not the 911 that's, Yeah. But the 911 looks I'm buying, so I'm good. buying like the, I'm, yeah. 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 Okay, Ash, it says you're the entertainer, you thrive on spontaneity and adventure, and it says a Ford Mustang GT is the car that can keep up with you and match your energy and power. Not bad. So I we're talking okay about with that. kind of a muscle car, right? And, and that's give you lots of speed and lots of power, and you're going to be out there. That sounds so, like fun. I can deal. I can do that. that. Ash, you're that girl from Fast and Furious. If only I had the driving skills to go with my Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so here's Randy INTJ, and I oh I, I can't laughed. wait for this one. Last when I saw this one, the Architect, um, and it's kind of it's a vehicle that will let your imagination run wild as you set out on a well-planned but adventurous road trip. Um, Ren, what do you think it says is your vehicle? Is it like a camper van of some sort? <laughs> a Jeep Wrangler. Oh, no! I say that because yeah, no! that's a good vehicle for you. Because you rented one at one yeah. time, right? My friend oh. rented it for me because they knew it was my dream vehicle. Yes. <laughs> so when I read that, I thought, oh, wow, talk about being dead on. <laughs> and um, so there you go. You got to get out there and buy a Jeep Wrangler. And for mine, a Tesla, an industry-leading vehicle that matches your bold and strong will desire to move forward. And yeah, I don't know about a Tesla. I don't. Wait, they just again, said Tesla. I, they didn't give you a model. That seems like a bit of a call. No, no. I did. I did some further research, and it said like the Tesla Sport model or whatever. But I mean, again, <laughs> people are just having fun <laughs> with this. But I had to laugh, especially when. Rains was the Jeep brand. That's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's just okay. That that's how you know in like 20, 30 years, Ren, if you do the test again, it's gonna be the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Nothing's gonna change. Um, so let, let, let me let me ask you the, the the baseline on the extrovert introvert thing is that extroverts are energized by being with people and introverts are more energized by being alone. And again, the assumption is that you do have both in your life. Um, so um, Keith, I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, you, you talked about this, this, an interesting comment you made is that you are energized by people and you come, if that brings you out, but it has to be a particular group of people that you're comfortable with. Give me a little bit more on that. Well, I, I feel like there's, yeah, like in terms of extroversion, 
like I, I can always see the idea of, okay, can I find myself being lost in like a city or something, right? Like here in Calgary, you know, do I, would I enjoy kind of just stepping out to 17th Ave and walking there? Or actually would I enjoy like a hockey game and seeing, you know, like everyone cheer for the, well, I don't cheer for the Flames, but the Flames or whoever in there or a concert, right? And certainly there's times like that, that I would love that. Like when my Montreal Canadiens come, I, you know, it's a great time to, to be there. And I, and, and there is some sort of energy that gets fed off. But if I did it every day, I swear I would, could pro I would probably be so burnt out by like six or seven days, like into it or something. Right. Um, but I, and, and, and the reason why for me, I, I just expand on it. Um, I, for me, it doesn't really matter the, the, the amount of people that I come to contact with, or I like have relationships with, or I'm, I'm with, to me, that doesn't matter. But the, the fact that they're there, you know, I, I enjoy seeing them. I enjoy, you know, getting to know them, furthering whatever they, they're going through in their life. And um, whether or not that's the same person or the same people, I, I, in my life, I haven't felt like that was something that really mattered. It's, it's, it's just in terms of being there with them to me, like I, I, I thrive in that, I like that whether or not that's the same people, the same five or six, it, okay. it, I haven't found that that really mattered. Okay. Um, Ash, what about you in regard to being an extrovert? Would you agree with Keith? Do you see things a little bit different? Um, I think for me, like, I agree that there are certain things that I, I would really enjoy. Like, if I'm going to a concert, like, things that I know, I'm going to a concert of, of someone I love or like a, hot, a Flames game or whatever. Those would be awesome. But if I did them too many times in a row, though, I think it would just kind of wear off. It's not that I wouldn't enjoy them. It's just maybe it would kind of wear the excitement wears off. But I don't know that I would be burnt out, though. But the weird thing okay. for me is that I have. OK, it's not really a phobia, but like I don't like asking people things. So like if I'm at a grocery store with Henry, like with my husband and we're trying to find something and there's like a worker or someone random, I will practically refuse to ask them where it is and I'll just go wander the store. But if Henry's there, who's extremely introverted, by the way, I will be like, honey, can you go ask that person where the ketchup or whatever is please and he's like why like why do you why are you scared to talk to people but it's only those situations like if I was alone usually I wouldn't mind it's really weird because I mm. normally just go I would just be like hey do you know where especially if it's like someone who works there I would just go hey can you just tell me I'm looking for whatever but if I'm with Henry I'm like I really don't want to ask them. Can you please ask them? And I will absolutely refuse. And I will walk for like 15, 20 minutes around the store looking if I have to and will not talk to. Well, that's kind of like what a guy does, refusing <laughs> to ask for directions, right? I empathize that a lot. I have to ask you something based on your personality type. Um, but the, the opposite would be true for you as well. And that is you don't like to ask where something is in a grocery store. But if somebody were to come to you and to ask, you would you would be all over. Oh, You'd be friendly. Absolutely. And yeah. If I like if I yeah, knew it where it was, I I would even walk them there if I thought it that's was, what I was, if it was just gonna hard say. to find. Yeah. 
Yeah, because your personality type is you really <laughs> want to help people. So if somebody came to you, you go all out of your way to find whatever they were yeah. looking for. Okay. Okay, Renee, let's let's talk to the uh, the only one who came out as an introvert. Um, to what degree are you an introvert? Let, let me begin with that. On the test, it wasn't that extreme. It was, I think it was like 64%. Right. right. Do you think it should have been more? No. Okay. <laughs> on introvertness and extrovertness, I think like concerts and stuff. I actually don't think it's the amount of people. I think it's how much I have to interact with new people. So if I go to a concert or somewhere where there's like, a whole bunch of people that you don't need to talk to it doesn't make a difference to me it doesn't drain my energy if I'm still like with one person I also think that if I'm with people that I'm really close to it counts as my introvert time I actually think like for example if I'm with my sister and we're fully 100% comfortable with who we are, what we're doing, like silent time, alone time, like there's no awkwardness or anything. That's totally fine for me. It's not like I spend four hours with her and then need to spend some time alone. Uh, similarly, if we're at a concert, the amount of people is not what tires me out. It's more like meeting and communicating with people that I'm not that comfortable with. I almost think it's like an element of social anxiety that's causing me to be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like interacting at like a small yeah. party with a bunch of people who I'm not familiar with, not close to, but I'll talk to them. Um, but like right. contrary to what Ashley said, at a grocery store, I am an introvert. So I have no problem going and like talking to someone random. Let's say if we're buying the same orange juice and talking about which one's the better deal. I'll talk to them. And a part of me is like, I'm never going to talk to them again. They don't really, I'll never see them again. I, they're pretty much- There's no risk. Yeah, there's no risk and there's no anxiety and there's no stress and there's no effort. So I think that interaction is actually not that bad for me either. I, I find that interesting because like, I definitely felt this at hockey games. Like, I feel like if there's people around me and we have this thing of like, okay, like I somehow notice you and you somehow notice me. I actually feel like maybe it's a form of social anxiety that's different. I feel the urge to actually have a communication, have a conversation with them. And then the problem I have is that like by then I feel bad removing myself from it early. Cause then I feel like it, like either we start a conversation and like it stops. So I was like, okay, maybe we didn't connect. And then I feel bad. So I try to like extend the conversation and I try to like just, just talk wow. to death to this like person. Keith. And so wow. I rather Keith. And so I rather just remove myself from that situation. Oh my goodness. Wow. Instead of just letting it be and if it comes, it comes. If it goes, it goes. You 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 get into this mind game with yourself. Yeah. Wow. Because like yeah. for me, I'm Amazing. like, okay, do they expect me to like talk to them more? Like, cause like, yeah, like at a hockey game, you know, especially if they score and you're cheering and everybody's like talking to each other like that's great but then it's like if you were like on a plane talking to someone beside you oh yeah at what point is it polite to stop this conversation or do we just keep going especially <laughs> if there's like a break but like the break wasn't natural in your conversation like if you broke because someone was asking for help or someone was like passing by and you yeah, just yeah, stop yeah, and then yeah, you're like yeah do I go back to the conversation like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I struggle because I'm like I I don't know because sometimes I just don't want to talk to them anymore but sometimes I'm yes. like we were in a good conversation but do they want 
me to go back to this or not? You, you know the telltale uh, sign, especially on a plane. If they put on their headphones, they don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And I mean, I, it, that has become something, seriously, on an airplane. Um, when I'm sitting beside someone who's a real talker and I just don't feel like talking, uh, excuse me, I'm going to listen to some music now or whatever. And, and sometimes that happens the other way. And, and I, wa I like to watch that. And that has become a message people would give somebody else beside them on an airplane. That's, it's sure. really interesting, for Actually, sure. I was on a flight from the Philippines to Korea, and it was four hours long. I made the biggest mistake of trying, of like talking to them at the beginning when we were waiting for takeoff. And I talked to this random person for four hours <laughs> about nothing because I didn't know how to like. <laughs> see, see. Okay, so I've got a couple questions there, Rand. Was it a guy? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Was he good looking? Uh, like you couldn't really see him. He was like not bad looking. Um, oh, it was interesting at first. We actually started talking because he had like this new tattoo, and I was like, "Why would you get a tattoo in the Philippines?" It just yeah. seems like so he was interesting. You found him interesting, and obviously yeah. after I had yeah. a question, and then in the beginning it was interesting, and then it just went on. No yeah. to be like, okay, and like, no doubt yeah. those those four hours went by really quickly. No, no, they didn't. As an extrovert, if I have a long conversation with something, someone like that, it goes by really quick. Because it's been fun, it's been interesting. I agree, Randy. But for an introvert, yeah. But for an introvert, it seems like after it, it started to drag on for you. And you didn't know how to end it. Four hours. And I think at the two-hour mark, I realized that this is a mistake that I'm never going to repeat again in my life. <laughs> I hate small talk. Small talk is the bane of my existence. And it was small talk for four <laughs> hours. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. I see, I, I would say, and I think I, Ash, you kind of just referred to this, that for you, if you're connecting with somebody and it's really an, inter a, an interesting conversation, it's kind of like, what? How many hours has gone yeah, by? Like, sure. I can't believe that. No, because like, right? especially if you're talking to someone interesting, I find, and I don't know if it just has to do with how I enjoy and think about conversation. Because then if you're learning about someone, I find it super interesting because in a way, I find like oh wait you you were there what were you doing like did you try this did you try that especially if it's with traveling um I like to figure out and ask um what did they do what did they enjoy like if I go back like maybe I missed something that they thought was really awesome and maybe that's part of my personality where I enjoy like new and exciting things so then I want to know like did I miss something was there something really good um that I should go back and and try and it's kind of like trying to live through them a little bit, I guess. Okay. But it depends yeah. on, I guess it depends on the conversation. And maybe I just tend to steer it into things that I'm trying to get out of them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it depends on your energy level sometimes. Like sometimes if I get on a plane and I'm tired, the headphones yeah. are yeah. on like right away. Yeah. And other times that you may have a part of a conversation and like Ren, it's kind of like, okay, 
this is draining me. This person is extremely boring um, or whatever. And on go the headphones. Now, let me, let me, we're getting to your, near the end of our time. And I want to just switch gears to this. I want you to consider your personality. And then I want you to consider your experience with church. So the question that I would have is how does your, how does your personality influence your experience in church? So think about that for a minute. How does your personality um, influence your experience at church? Because we're made up of so many different personalities, backgrounds, ages, so on and so forth. And knowing that that will experience um, whether it's been a person that's been at Southie Free for a long time or a newcomer, it's going to, you know. So, so who wants to start? Who wants to say my my personality influences church this way? Well, I actually think like Sundays after service, where you stand around. After that, I need alone time. In that, <laughs> I do care about the people in the room. I do want to make a good like conversation and I do want to build relationships so that is like something that takes more energy in that time and I I also think that yes I hate small talk but at church there's yeah. also this need to do 10 minutes of small talk before you actually start talking about like more things it's almost like it's almost like a routine that we go through you talk yeah. when you have small talk for the first 10 minutes and then you start talking about like other that's things. right um, yeah. So there is that aspect of interacting at church as well. Okay, well, that's good because I think a lot of people that have uh, a bent towards introverted nature, after being with people, they're they, they just need some time of silence or being alone or whatever. And that's not to say they may not go out later, but we need to understand that certain people after church, they're done. They, they, they're not being rude. They, they, they're just done. They just need to be alone. Oh, and then there used to be this like moment of silence before we started. And I always thought that was amazing for like introverts because you would go out, you're talking to people, your brain's like thinking because of all like, <laughs> everything that's happening. And then you go inside and it gives you this time to be alone and to like, yeah, you know? yeah. I thought that was really interesting for introverts. Something else that introverts struggle with is that if you know church has a greeting time where you 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 go through the rote action of shaking people's hands, maybe having a few seconds of small talk, it's kind of like, oh, give me a break. Do we really have to do this? Whereas I've seen that in introverts, it's kind of like you have to reel them in. They've 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 had conversations with three people and they're looking for the fourth and fifth person, and you have to reel them in. So again, personality coming into play. Okay, Ash or Keith, let's go to you. So glad you said that. I <laughs> love that greeting time. Well, may the peace of Christ oh, be okay. with you. Yeah. I love that greeting time. There's, there's a couple of things I think our congregation has done in the last couple of years that have made me really enjoy service. Um, greeting time is one of them. The other two, uh, one that we've insulated quite a bit back is um, um, kind of walking to the front of the stage when we do communion and having that you know, having that, oh, um, like, I think the way we do it is like walking to the back and moving back front to get the bread, being there with eight or nine of our brothers and sisters, eating it, dumping it in wine, kind of having that whole thing. It's really made communion for me more of a, like, it's, it's just that purpose of time and being able to just fully 
say, okay, this, like I'm, I'm feeling the oh, weight shit. and all of that. And to me, that's like the whole notion of being practical, that, that was a, one way of doing it. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the greeting one is another one too, because I, I understand that it could be small talk, but I, I take it as like, these are people I, I probably, like I sit different spots all the time in service. So I don't really oh, know who's around me. I don't really know who's around me, um, but- um, Good for you. I, thank you. Um, but I, I, I might not have a chance to talk to these people. So at least to have a sense of saying, okay, at least I acknowledge you and you acknowledge me. To me, I find a awesome. bit of value—a bit of value to be there to at least say, "Okay, well, there there are other people that I know who are worshiping God okay. with me." Okay, I want to move to Ashley, but Ren, I just ask you this quick question: uh, Do you sit in the same place all the time, or in the same area, basically, when you go to service? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which, again, an introvert—they want a few people. They'd rather know a few people well than a whole bunch of people. And here we have Keith. He's sitting in different areas. He's greeting people. I don't think we've met before. Hey, you want to go for lunch and stuff like that? Okay. Well, maybe not there, but you, you will be there, Keith. Yes, yes, yes. I do think so. I'm, I'm more. Yeah. 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 Ashley, what, what about you? I kind of struggle with a bit of a balance because um, I don't mind meeting new people, and I enjoy meeting new people, especially if I've never really seen them before. Um, I would be like, hey, like, my name's Ashley. I haven't seen you before. Is it like one of your first times here? And I don't mind like chatting with them. Usually it's just kind of small talkish. So hopefully they're not introverted and hate small talk like Ren. Um, but, where, but where I do struggle is like, if I haven't talked to them, but I've seen them for a long time, like months, and I still haven't met them, then I'm like, what do I do? I don't know how to get that conversation started you know that's where I, okay. I more struggle with this okay huh um what about when it comes to uh let's look at the small group thing because small groups is a huge part of church experience these days for most people uh, especially in the evangelical church um what how does your personality come into play there for instance are you would you like a, a small group that's very social, that is always maybe having new members or open to new members? Would you rather be part of a, a small group that is a closed small group? That means that we're gonna do life together and really get to know each other more deeply. And, and that's why we're gonna just stay together through different seasons of life and, uh, and that kind of a thing. So how does you know, your personality influence small group? Yeah. Keep where you got. I, I, I actually find, well, I, it's kind of funny. I, I was in part of a small group uh, for a long time until January of this year, I would say. So a couple of months ago, I was part of a guy's group, a very intentional accountable accountability group with uh, a couple of men. We've been together for, I'd say maybe six, six, seven years um, in it. You know, we, we meet consistently, I think bi-weekly for six years. We've had people date. We've had people, actually three of them dated at the same time, literally in a span of like weeks. And then got engaged at the same time, literally in the span of weeks. And then got married at the same time, literally in the span of weeks. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's kind of it's wow. Kind of funny. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it goes back to the idea, right? Like I, I have those people in my life. Again, have they changed in terms of like who they were? No, they're the same people. But um, there's that there's that cons consistency there. And as we go through life and kind of mature and have different experiences, like that's that's. I, I do look for that in a small group. Um, 
and, and I know that might not be for everyone. Like some people might look for a group that studies scripture or that does other right. things. Um, yeah. But for me, there's just, I feel like I, 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 I don't want to say I invest the time, but I, I would love to see my time invested in, in that and um, having people have the same mindset, I think. Okay. And what about you? Um, I think in my life, without being in a formal small group, I do have a small group of people who go to church who regularly meet and have been together for an extended period of time. Right. And I think that's really cool. And that's where I kind of um, feel very comfortable in. So when I actually go to church and look at these more like formal, intentional, small groups, I would be looking for a group where um, we're actually like challenging each other in a certain aspect of life. So it wouldn't be like living life together as a small group, similarly to this other group that I have, it would be more like, hey, we're very intentional about this area. And this is where we want to be challenged and hold each other accountable. Yeah. So that would be the type of small group that I would. It, to, to use a word of the day, uh, what I hear you saying is you, you like a, a small group that's organic. In other words, it's naturally growing together. It's, you haven't been placed in a small group. These are people that you come to trust. They're people that have been friends long-term and you don't need to be on a list and this is the small group per se that you're in. Um, but for you, you would rather have that natural organic type small group. I wanna give Ashley a chance before we sign off, again, talking about personality and uh, small group um yeah i think small groups both like ren um was mentioning should be organic but i also think there should be a growth kind of replication there should be a cycle to small groups so i'm not saying that you have to disband completely and make new small groups um but i think there should be some kind of changes within small groups every so often as well um kind of like when plants grow like you have to prune and you have to think things shouldn't be stagnant for too long i guess um is and i i don't know exactly how that plays out but if we're gonna do some more podcasts on um episodes on like life of small groups or, or what we enjoy and, and how those look then maybe those ideas can get flushed out a little okay here's here's some um some food for thought as we come to a conclusion um you, we, we've just ended this one by talking about the lifespan or term of a small group and here's here's the question that i have for you guys and for our listeners um does that idea of, of, of having a, a term in a relationship or, or like, like things just have a cycle. Does that come into play into friendships? So I want you to think about that. Not just small groups, but when you think of things having their, their time in life and their stages and, um, and maybe their, their run out time, uh, where things need to change as that happen in regard to friendship. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to us, Southie Free. Uh, we love you guys. Um, and uh, I'm so thankful uh, for Keith, Renee, and Ashley because um, they have definitely added color to my life. And we look forward to moving on and sharing more podcasts with you. If you have any insights, share with uh, any one of us. 
And uh, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, let us know and we'll try to do that. So it's Randy signing off as well as Keith, if you would say your final words. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. See you guys on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next episode.